0: Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert,
1: And I'm Courtney Bronze.
0: And each week we bring you conservation topics and events around the Endless Mountains. Well, with more people going outside to get away from the stress that we're currently experiencing, we figure it's a great time to highlight plants that you really want to avoid while enjoying your favorite outdoor activities.
1: So you've probably heard of the basics such as poison ivy, poison hemlock, poison sumac, and poison oak.
0: Yeah. So let's cover some of those first and maybe more importantly is let's kind of go over what the difference is between poisons and toxicity or or what they really are. Let's define those. Uh, That's a good place to start. So I looked it up, a couple different areas, Uh, Merriam-Webster. They define toxic as containing or being poisonous material, especially when capable of causing death or serious debilitation. And they also define poisonous as producing a toxic substance that causes injury or death when absorbed or ingested. So kind of some overlap there, I would think. Not definitely clear. Uh, See, so I guess we can really say it. Poisonous, toxic, they're both harmful to you. Probably should stay away from them, avoid them. Um, So we can maybe leave it at that. Uh, I just want to avoid these plants that we're going to mention throughout the show. So let's get back to poison ivy. Alright, so we talked about this a little bit before the show, but... I know the rhyme and it goes, um, leaves of three stay away from me. You had something a little different.
1: Yeah. I always heard growing up leaves of three, let it be. Okay. Basically the same thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You just want to stay away from it. But like, like the rhyme says, um, you're going to notice three leaves, generally three leaves. I don't think I've seen any more than three leaves, um, and kind of a shiny appearance to the leaves. Would you agree? Yeah. And uh, vining, you'll notice vines, red berries.
1: The vine has like an orange fuzz on it as well that's pretty visible to the eye when you're up close to it. They always taught us in dendrology when we were looking at poison ivy in Virginia Creeper, ivy was always the one that had the orange fuzz.
0: Yeah, so what happens is a poison ivy produces an oily resin, it's called urushiol, and that can cause an allergic rash on a lot of people. Um I found something that said maybe 15% of Americans are not allergic, so that's 85 that are. And various sources say people get allergic in cycles, perhaps. Uh, other people can become pretty debilitated with it. Um, so you really want to avoid it. I also had read, it was a while back about the Native Americans actually used it for chemical warfare. Just kind of crazy. So, they were one of the early users of chemical warfare.
1: How did they use it for chemical warfare?
0: Well, I guess they burned it. Uh, something they alluded to the fact that they mixed it with fish oil. And so, whether they, they burned it somehow, uh, whoever the opposing group was would breathe it in. And of course, it's bad on the skin. So, you can think it's twice as bad when you get it in your lungs.
1: That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> does Hmm. that's interesting though
0: how about poison sumac what do you know about that
1: um i don't know that i've ever really seen it i mean i've obviously heard of it but i've never like encountered it i don't think
0: yeah i can say the same i i know it's around here i think there's a couple reports of it in the bottomlands the wetlands around woodburn uh but even the last time somebody went looking for it they couldn't find it so as i did say before it inhabits swamps and other wet areas it has green the reddish leaves and white berries uh it's not to be confused with staghorn sumac actually uh over the weekend i was talking to somebody and they mentioned sumac being poisonous and i'm like what kind and they thought that pretty much all kinds but there's staghorn sumac which grows around here and that has the red droops or fruits that you see on the trees they grow upland but poison sumac is different and that usually grows in wetter areas and it also produces that urichol so the oily resin same with uh, poison oak which I don't think we have growing around here Uh, maybe southern Pennsylvania on south Not sure of the exact range, but.
1: So another one that I don't think a lot of people are super familiar with, um, I actually just learned about it last year, is giant hogweed. And it's a type of noxious plant that causes severe burn-like blisters when the sap touches the skin. This is called phytophotodermatitis. So basically, once you get that sap on your skin, it hits UV rays from the sun and causes burns. And contact with the eyes can actually cause blindness as well. It has bright green stalks and white flowers. And it's typically found along railroads, um, roadsides, right-of-ways, vacant lots, streams, rivers, and fallow fields. And it's kind of tough to get rid of.
0: Is this from the same family as the carrot family? It's like the carrot family, so it has a so poison hemlock. Yep. And also uh, wild parsnip. And Queen Anne's lace, all from the same family. Yep. So a lot of people get confused because they'll they'll think of either wild carrot or they'll think of Queen Anne's lace, which doesn't have all those properties you just mentioned. Um, So they touch this particular plant or wild parsnip, and those are the ones that give you burns.
1: Right. Yep. There are several ways if you find it on your property that you can get rid of it. Um, if you only have a few stalks of it, you know it can be dug up, making sure to remove the entire root system, or if you repeatedly mow or cut it, it can eventually starve the plant of energy, but you have to do it several times in a growing season and it also kind of exposes you to it if you're not super careful. You can also use chemical removal with glyphosate and I thought this was kind of interesting, too. Apparently, cattle and pigs are not infected, so you can use them to eat it, and it won't hurt them.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that.
1: It's also listed on the Pennsylvania Noxious Weed Control List, so it's illegal to sell, plant, or transport the species. If you believe that you've found a new population of this plant on your property, you can actually contact the PA Department of Agriculture, and they'll kind of guide you on what to do with it.
0: Do you have anything about wild parsnip?
1: I did. I did a little bit of research into it. Um, it's an invasive, and it has thick stalks with hundreds of yellow flowers, and it kind of has the same effects that giant hogweed has. It burns resulting in painful blisters.
0: Yeah, that's the one you'll really see around here. I noticed since I've started the conservation district, each year it just keeps spreading along roadways. And... Um, it should be coming on shortly within the next you know couple weeks to a month you begin to see it around the roadways in the county
1: I think I remember last year you showing me a patch of it somewhere in the county when we were out and about
0: yeah that was on 267 I think um, but yeah definitely stretches just north of New Milford I remember headed towards 81 in New Milford uh, but really all around the county Uh, I used to see it in just some places, but it's really taken hold. Uh, And as we talked about a little bit earlier, I want to cover poison hemlock. Now, I don't know if I've ever seen this one either. I want to say that it's farther south or moving north. Did find some evidence um, around the central part of the state, but couldn't really find any in the northern part of the state. Some people might know of areas where it is, but poison hemlock. Um, that's famous for Socrates. He, he died after drinking poison hemlock tea. Not to be confused with just hemlock. That's a tree, grows in our area. It's evergreen. This is different. This is a plant. And poison hemlock and water hemlock are two highly toxic members of the carrot family. And they're often found in wet pastures along streams and ditches. Looks similar again to Queen Anne's lace with white showy flowers. Uh, So accidental ingestion of this plant may result in central nervous system depression, respiratory failure, and of course death, like I said at the beginning. So this is one of those ones you definitely want to stay away from.
1: So if you're interested in foraging around the woods or looking for edible plants, we did come up with a couple field guides that are pretty good to help you out. I think it's really important to make sure you ID what you're eating before just because there are so many things that look similar in the woods kind of like how we talked about mushrooms a couple weeks ago. So the guides I found were the Peterson Field Guide for Edible Wild Plants and another one called Edible Wild Plants Wild Foods from Dirt to Plate. We'll have both of these links posted on the website if you're interested in taking a look.
0: Yeah and if you just want to get familiar with general plants, uh, you know, what this plant is from that plant, Audubon uh, Autobahn society has some really good field guides as well. Uh, really, it, you know, you just type in Google or your favorite web browser or whatever, and it'll come up with some good field guides to get you started. But all that to mention that, you know, even some of our more familiar plants like the elderberry, um, if it's not cooked, you can, it can cause some problems. So it, it contains glycosides that turn into cyanide when consumed. So in other words, your best chance of elderberries being edible are when they're cooked. Some people know it, some people don't, Um, but those are the things you kind of start to find out when you research these plants a little bit. The recommendation here is to know your plants Plants are okay to forage, but you need to know what they are before you ingest them. So that's definitely a big recommendation that we have here today on this show. Pokeweed is another plant. It has a purple berry that looks really juicy. Some people can compare it to the juiciness of the grape. It looks really edible, but it's not. It'll give you gastrointestinal problems, uh, so you want to avoid that as well. think what I'd like to do is put some of these pictures on the website just to get people familiar with them what they do look like we'll try to put some pictures up on Facebook and Instagram and get you familiar with the plants that we're talking about today
1: I think that's the best facts it's really difficult to explain you know exactly what they look like you know without being able to see a picture to correctly identify them
0: I hope this gives you a better sense of What kind of plants are out there that you want to avoid when enjoying your favorite outdoor activities? I guess that does it
1: for today's show. If you have questions related to today's show, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.sus.com district.org and find our conservation corner page with past episodes links to information about past episodes and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show you can even suggest ideas for future shows you have been listening to the susquehanna county conservation district's conservation corner i'm courtney bronze
0: and i'm don hibbert saying enjoy the outdoors